0: Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me, waking me up, giving me the activities of my limbs, and also, you know, let God be God. That's all basically I can say. I'm very excited to bring on the show today, as last Monday, I was not on the air because of the holiday, but I was on the air on Tuesday. Now, today's show, we're going to be talking about life transitions. Now, when we talk about life transitions, just the word itself can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. You know, we're talking about transitioning. First thing that comes to people's mind is death. But why death? We have to learn how to live. We have to learn how to live our lives. And that is really, really important because I know as a kid growing up, basically, life can throw us a curveball a lot of times. Transitioning can be complicated for some individuals. And I'm going to be talking about why is it so complicated for some but not as complicated for others. Now, we start talking about life being complicated, when my mother would say, keep living for years, I did not know what she meant by that. Or my daughter would say, figure it out. And then I get an attitude, like, why you just can't give me the answers? Why do I have to figure it out? And sometimes we think that individuals should already know what to do. But we're finding out now that many individuals are stuck, they're lost. They're confused, and it seems like each generation is becoming more and more interesting, where our generation may be more intellectual or more advanced when it comes to science, technology, these iPhones, and things of that nature, but what about when it comes to being responsible, accountable, knowing how to open a bank account, renting an apartment, buying a home? You know, those are some of the things that when... I'm finding that a lot of young adults just are not prepared for. Now, with that being said, my question is, how can one do better with making sure that one is really ready for life? You know, and I'm not saying that parents should be guilty. I'm not saying that, you know, I sent my daughter a text message this morning. Not a text message. Something I can send a text. something on Messenger. And... um, A young lady was singing Rich Girl, Rich Kid Problems. I'm like, Rich, I'm like, what? And I told her, I said, you know what? This sounds like my grandkids and some of these other kids in my family because they act like they got rich people problems when we on a budget. (laughs) So when I was listening to the little girl in the video and how she started out being teased and, you know, they was in a car and the car wasn't running that well and the kids was laughing. Her, so now she got rich kid problems. I'm like, what is that? So how do you transition in life if you are used to people giving you whatever you want? Now, so like I said, we're just not to make parents feel guilty, but how are parents handling this transition? I have a grandchild about to graduate preschool. Another one just graduating high school. You know, some in between in middle school. That time went by so fast. And when I had a conversation with my daughter and I said, um, I was sharing some things with my granddaughter, and I said, are you ready for this? Because I remember when my son, her father graduated, or should I say turned 18, rather, I wrote on his birthday cake, welcome to manhood. First, I didn't even know what that meant. I always thought that once my child turned 18, I'm done. It's a wrap. Because my mother used to always say that. All I have to do is put food, you, put clothes to you, put a roof over your head. And when I, you turn 18, I ain't got to – and, and I really believe that. But yet I've seen on Facebook, people have posted in social media that even though they're 18, they're not really an adult because they're not prepared. But how can we get one prepared is a very interesting question. Now, with that even, like I said, going on to that and talking about life, And life transcends, give me a call. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to know what's working for you. I want to know where your parents may have helped you along the way, or you thought they could have done a little things, things a little different. Because the problem is, I am a licensed American Family Therapist, and I address issues that can be complicated for some, some is just they're going through some things. And most of the issues that issues are going through is life transition. I had one of my childhood friends. We had a conversation, and he kind of gave me the topic. And it was funny because I was texting him earlier, and I was letting him know that I was doing the show today because I always wait to the last minute to do things. And I wanted to know if this was going to be helpful. He was like, anything can help. Because one of the issues that a lot of young adults are experiencing They don't want to leave home. They want to stay a kid. And I remember a woman told me about my son, and she said I was enabling him. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not buying him clothes. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. She said, as long as you are giving him a roof over his head, you are keeping it so that he don't have to go out and do anything. But now he's 36 years old. I'd be like, "Uh, sorry, sorry, Chuck. Sorry about your luck. But it's not that. I don't want to help him. I just don't want a boomerang child. I don't want an adult child coming back and not able to handle a lot of issues. And I was very proud of him even over the weekend as he handled his responsibilities with some things, some things he still needs to work on. But I'm listening and I'm watching because that's life. And one of the areas that I know and I've witnessed and experienced is sometimes as parents, we may do a little bit too much for our children because we want them to have some of the things that we didn't have. And I know that I have to—I catch myself with that, especially with my grandkids, and I have to try to make sure that I am not putting them in a position to where they have this sense of entitlement over the weekend. We ain't got a, a puppy. Not a puppy, two puppies, because so Jeanette and her bright ideas, you know, two puppies may be easier than just one puppy because at least they can keep themselves entertained. At least they can, Lord, them puppies got the whining. The puppies didn't want to go to sleep. Those puppies were driving my daughter and I crazy. It was like we had two little babies all over again. I'm trying to pretend like I'm asleep, and then I hear her get up, and I'm like, okay, I have to get up now. But we're now trying to prepare puppies to help them become dogs. So it's still a transition, and the part of it and the goal was to try to help my grandson learn how to nurture, learn how to care for something, teach him how to be responsible, teach him how to be accountable, to let him know that somebody is dependent on you. That was the goal, but it seemed like my daughter and I was the one walking around here like little puppy dogs trying to make sure that those dogs were fed, They're picking up dogs smelling like a dog. I was like, oh, my goodness. So, when do you know when your child or your adult child is ready to transition in life? Now, I want to read one of the comments because Miss um, Joanne is not able to be on the air, or normally what she would do, she'll, fix, or, you know, put a little, put, send me messages, or questions that she may have. So, she can't do that today, which is fine. So I, I asked her if she had any questions and she made a very interesting comment. And I wanna share the comment that she made because it's one that a lot of times I know with my mother, her way of raising her children was different. You know, she taught us how to I sometimes I say, Lord, she taught me how to cut the grass, how to do the y'all, I mean, not only that, work on cars, clean up. She, she, it was just like too much. I'm like, can I be a kid? Can I play? But I appreciate those things now, but now that I'm older, I'm like, look, well, I need a maid, I need a butler, I need a mechanic, I need a handyman. <laughs> I don't want to do all this stuff no more. So one of the things that Joanne indicated, said yes. One comment is, as parents, we must keep in mind that all kids don't transition the same, and that is true, because I can compare that to me and my siblings. Where we may have known, and where I got my first place, I was married at 19. My baby sister kind of got her first place. I think she was like 17, and then my middle sister, she moved in and lived with me for a minute, and she got her own place, but we didn't have no one to really guide us, to show us. We had to just figure it out. But then times was different back then where you can go and rent an apartment for 500 or $600. You can't do that no more. In Compton, LA, rent is like $2,000 a month. Who can afford that? Especially if you're 18 years old trying to have a decent life, not trying to do things by illegal means. So, that's like Joanne was saying, is that all kids don't transition the same. Some adjust quickly, others not so fast. But to be patient, they will eventually come into adulthood. I remember I, I always talk about Miss um, Sarah Porter. She used to always telling me my son was gonna be okay, Jeanette. He gonna be okay, Jeanette. He gonna make you proud, Jeanette. He I used to be like, when? When is this gonna happen? <laughs> he always doing something to get on my nerves. When? So sometimes people may also see in your child what you may not see. So you want to try to make sure you're healthy and not hurting because a lot of times we're doing too much. Now, when I had my conversation with my friend and he was telling me about his daughter and his daughter was like, I'm not going to ever leave you. Daddy, I'm gonna... sometimes that's just a security blanket meaning I know Daddy going to make sure that the rent get paid and the food on the table because I don't want to grow up. It's like the Toys R Us commercial. I'm a Toys R Us kid. But there comes a time to where you have to decide, is this really for my adult child or is it for me? Because a lot of parents are afraid that if they let their adult child fly away or give them their wings to go and adventure life, that if something happened, it's their fault. If you trust God and you pray for them, that's all you really can do because you want them to be able to learn how to live. And, see, that's another thing in another area that many adults, especially my age and my generation, were struggling with is the loss of our parents. I went to one of my friend's birthday parties over on Memorial Day, and she was like, you know what, you're doing really good. I don't know how you're doing it. But well, part of it was I was prepared for my mother's transition in life. I wasn't ready, but I knew she was dealing with cancer. So I was still, when it happened, I'm like, wow, really? This really just happened. I'm 42 years old. I don't have a mother. And then 10 years later, now I don't have a father. You know, but I was still in that mindset to where I have to keep living. I have to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, because I can't say my mama this, my daddy that, or they did. No, now I gotta figure it out, like my daughter used to say. And my daughter, and my mother used to always telling me, no is an answer, just like yes. Now we start talking about life transitions. Life transitions are periods in life involving lots of changes, either to your lifestyle or the way you do things in life. Now, what I'm noticing, especially as a therapist, is when individuals experience major life transition. And we talk about major life transition. It's something really, really big that happens, and individuals kind of get stuck, and those are some areas of concern that kind of take individuals to therapy or a life coach, or utilizing their EAP, whatever insurance they want to try to use to try to get some help, because now they feel that they need somebody to talk to. Now, when we start talking about these, these life transitions and these major life transitions, I want to give you guys a few, because part of one that we normally always think about is so-and-so just died, or so-and-so just lost their job, well here's some examples of some challenging life transitions. Marriage or new relationships. That's a transition. Because when one get married and they say two become one, a lot of individuals are not ready for that. They're really not. So now they're learning how to live a lifestyle as a married woman. I remember getting married at nineteen and here I am, nineteen, already had a child, I couldn't even buy wine cooler from the grocery store. And he told me no. I was like, really? I'm an adult. I'm grown. I paid my whole bills. I don't live with my parents. It didn't matter. Because there was still, we start talking about life transitions, age of maturity. is certain things that people are not able to do. And I used to always see people say, I can't wait till I get grown. Okay, so what does that mean when you get grown? What you going to do? So we start talking about a marriage, and now we're in the month of June, so individuals will be getting married. And that's going to be a life transition, a new relationship. Divorce can also be a major life transition too. We also have the arrival of a baby. That's one of the things that you know, people waiting on this bundle of joy. We're having a baby. I mean, telling you, it was much easier for me to be a grandparent than it was for me to be a parent, because the arrival of a baby. You have all these hopes, these dreams, this, you know, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? I don't know what to do. But that is also an example of a challenging life transition. Parenting, period. Any parent will go through a life transition because you're going to go from parenting a newborn baby, an infant, a child, an adolescent, a teen, adult, and when they get older, and you still know the mama, I had a text yesterday from my son. I was like, oh. no, he didn't just say this. But I knew he was stressed out. But he can't say I didn't tell him. He got to figure it out. I can't I run his life for him. He got to pick and choose his battles. So parenting is one of those things that you really, there is no manual, no book, no... You know, I always say the best thing to do in regards to a parent is utilize your resources. Develop a strong support system. Engage in self-care. Do not let your kids run your life or manipulate your life because it can become so draining and then you mess around and something happened to you, they don't know what to do. They lost. They run around like little puppies with their heads or chickens with their heads cut off. So Parenting. Another example of a life transition is growing up and moving away from home. Like I said, I left Compton in a U-Haul truck, couldn't even drive a stick, but I was in a hell of Compton. I really was trying to get away from my baby daddy and my mama, is what I was really trying to do, and moved 80-something miles away. But by that same time, I wasn't really ready for that. I didn't know what it was going to be like to live with another person or to try to raise a child and then and work, and I wasn't. I was not ready, but I had to figure it out. So moving away from home and growing up is one of those things that you really can't control. And I believe that was one of my granddaughter's concerns is she was like, Granny, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I had a conversation with my daughter, and the one thing my daughter said to me was, Mom, I tried to prepare her. When she was around me, I did the best I could. I taught her how to budget. I taught her how to shop and save money. I taught her how to do these, and she did. She really did. But now I'm watching her with my grandson, but he a cold piece of work. So it may be a little different, and each child is different. So I'm not going to say it's different between male and female. Each child is different. Now I'm we'll calling the line. Let me log on this caller because I want to hear what they have to say. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Press and How are you doing? Number ending 3-1, how are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm doing okay, ma'am. I was trying to find out what the subject was today.
0: You know what, let me think I can put it on the speakerphone so that you can. I can also hear. Can you still hear me now that I'm talking with the mic and I got the speaker thing on? Let me plug
1: Kerr's
0: yes. Um, The topic yes, I can hear you. I didn't for today is I life transition. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm talking about life transition, and you are a good person to be on this air with me because you dealt with a lot of different life transitions. You left home. You went into the military. You got married at a young age. Then you married me, and I was a hot mess. <laughs> And then I had children, and then you had more children, and then you moved back home. When we talk about life transition, how would you describe that? Because it's a period involving lots of changes in your lifestyle or the way you, your situation. You know, we both experienced the passing of our, our mothers. All of those things are life transitions or some of the things and areas that I'm talking about and how individuals can handle them and handle them appropriately. Uh, adjust with the college or the workplace. That's a life transition. And empty, nesting. How are you dealing with empty, nesting now?
1: I haven't gotten to this point yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of them. They either come get me or I end up going to them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> woo You know what? And, and that happened. That happens, and partly because, and, and I know, and i watched how you parented my children when they were younger, and you, they thought you were just too strict. I'll never get a picture with that, that purple cabbage. Mm. They did not want to eat that cabbage. So you had certain rules that you had either learned from your grandmother or that you learned from, you know, growing up in the South. And my kids growing up coming from me and Compton, we didn't do all of that stuff that that you wanted us to do. So it was a transition for us. And Richie tried to fight you to the nail with that transition. But I'm noticing a lot of the things you taught him, he implements today and didn't even realize it. Now, you said that a boomerang kid and coming back, what's going on?
1: Um I didn't
0: say that last comment. No, you were saying something about you having experienced the empty nest and I know I have and I brought up some other topics and I was talking about how with you even um raising and helping with my children when they were young because I remember you showing Tisha how to shave when she was shaving you when she was five years old and y'all having a chicken pot together, yeah. you know, and all of those different things and that was a transition in our lives. So my
1: question is... Okay, what's your question?
0: My question is, how are you and what was that like for you in regard to life transitions? Because to be honest with you, D, I was just doing it. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm just going with the flow.
1: Well, now, I must concur. I, I agree with you on that one. I was basically going with the flow using the tools that I was equipped with. And a lot of that came from my grandparents. And mm-hmm. so a lot of things that I implemented in my life was outdated, I would say, for my time frame, because my time as an adult was totally different than my grandparents' time. So they, they kind of parented on a preventive measure. And so that kind mm-hmm. of put me in that. A i want to do, do teach you this to prevent you from making the mistakes later. Which mm-hmm. life, no matter how, life doesn't always follow those trails. <laughs> that's
0: true. That is true. And you know, and um, and you know, and that's why, like I said, growing up, I remember Reggie would go run to my mama and try to tell my mother stuff because he would try to get you in trouble because Reggie didn't like the rules. And then now that Reggie is a young man have grown almost kids, even though, you know, Reggie decided to live life the way he wanted to live life and his life transitioned. The problem, and not only the problem, is sometimes we do go into this preventive mode. I remember when I would sit down and have conversations with Tisha and she would tell me later when she was an adult mom, you thought those were bedtime stories. Those were nightmares you were telling. <laughs> they can't be nightmares. And I didn't realize that. Right. Because, like I said, the major transition retirement. We're at an age now to where we are about to be able to retire or should be about to reach the age of retirement. And some individuals are not ready for that because they poor financial planning. They didn't save right. I know with me, buying property was a hot mess. I made a lot of mistakes in my life that I didn't realize I had made mistakes until years later. So we start talking about transitions and major life transitions. We have what's called, and I'm going to go over some of it, but anticipated transitions. That's one of the things that you're sharing, Dee, is that your grandparents anticipated things. But I also learned a lot of our parents lived in fear especially if they were raised in the South, some of the things that they experienced. And I noticed, like, with my mother, she makes straight A's, do this, do that. But she, I became an educated threat is what happened. And so I didn't realize it until I got my bachelor's degree that she was afraid for some of the things that I might experience, yet she equipped me to not be afraid of nothing. It's like how you to You sending me mixed messages. So there were some things she anticipated that may happen, and they may not. And parents, like your parents, it's like you can't yeah. do that over the house. You can't do this. You can't do. I got kind of what I can't do. So we have anticipated transitions. So Tell me some of the anticipated transitions that your parents or grandparents kind of did with you.
1: Um. One thing was, I guess you would say how you carry yourself with self-respect or whatnot. Mm-hmm. My grandmother had two rules. I've been not coming inside with my knees dirty because she felt me and I was shooting dice. And she would fall off her chair if she heard to use the N-word.
0: Wow.
1: Out in a black neighborhood, in a black neighborhood that's, that's almost unheard of not using the N-word.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But a lot of her things was like you said. It was from fear of me coming into these problems and and the problems getting the better of me. So they they tried to equip me to overcome the problems without educating me about the problems. So uh-huh. we didn't see we didn't see things on the same path, but was trying to get to the same destination from different views. There you go. You know what, Dee, that's really interesting because they didn't know how to
0: educate you about it. You know, I when my mother would say keep living, I didn't know what she meant by that because she didn't know. She tried to to do these things. She she led us down this path, but she didn't know how to educate us on some of these things that she was anticipating and some of it came to be true, some of it wasn't true, but it was the anticipation. Now, I mean, I'm looking at some information and it's talking about transitioning in adult learning. And one of the things they identify the four different types of life transitions, which I want to share. And the anticipated. The anticipated is a transition that is expected to occur in an adult's life. It's expected. These are certain things that you figure is going to happen part of a natural life cycle. You know, we have kids starting their periods, and parents haven't even taught them about periods, sex, how to save money. And these are some of the anticipated, and sometimes we're lacking with just that. We expect the school Wait. to teach them. Now, as a therapist, Wait. what would you going to say?
1: I was getting ready to say with the schooling part, you know, that's one of our biggest downfalls, especially down south where I can probably go to out ten families, five of them would just say four of those families are single parent families. It probably would be six to four instead of four to six. But out of those families, if they have multiple kids, it's a higher chance of more of their kids not graduating high school and pursuing college than actually just graduating high school. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times now they feel that if you're going to graduate high school, that's enough, which that's just the tip of the iceberg. We should push our kids past that. But the way society is going now, less is more. So people yeah. are, are more about to let you stop instead of pushing you to pursue a, a higher esteem or to improve yourself on a higher level.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, another thing, Dee, I saw with the anticipated um, transition is because parents didn't know or they was afraid or intimidated or whatever the case may be, and sometimes we try to parent differently, a lot of parents were forcing their children into the military. And so you took that military route. What made you go into the military? I
1: was, uh, I don't know, because for me, military was an option for me to be on my own. I knew that as long as I stayed home, I was gonna need my grandparents, and so even though they was gonna put the bill for me to go to college, I knew I was still gonna be under their thumb to some extent. Mm-hmm. I can remember the day I told my that I was not going to college, that I was going to the military, and she actually gets boo and cried. Like mm-hmm. I stole no, something. No, 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 no. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I'm just... But anyway, you know, I, I think the military is a good place to go when you're in transition and not you know that thing. Uh, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. I believe the military are those options that can give you better options of taking you on the road that you right. need to go. Or would need to okay. Go.
0: Uh-huh. And see, years ago, people were going because they got in trouble, or you know, they were in foster care, or whatever the case may be. But it goes back to options. And one thing I try to do as a therapist is provide resources and options even with anticipated um, transitions. Because like I said, those are some of the things that you expect as part of the life cycle. And examples, as we know, graduating from school, finding a job, getting married, having children, and not all young adults want to have children now. Some young adults are waiting until they're older to have children. And then it also anticipated transitions is your mental health. You know, a lot of parents, they didn't teach us about mental health. They didn't if if you crying to be like what the hell are you crying for go suck it up or if you anxious about something we were more anxious about the holidays or, or going somewhere so we got a lot of like I said a lot of mixed information when it came to anticipated um, transitions now another thing is and I want to go into how sometimes even the anticipated transitions can lead to a crisis to where individuals may not know how to handle it. Now, were there any anticipated transitions that led to a crisis for you or how you handled some things or transitioned your way through life with what was expected?
1: No, not really, because I didn't know where I was going from the start, so when I would probably just deal with it. <laughs>
0: oh, you finally admitted that D after 30 minutes. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> and then you're like, I can call your show to be interviewed, but you're the only one called today. So thank you very much. I appreciate you. You came through for me. You showed up. I'm like, okay, somebody called. So, but you know, and like I said, I have to admit I didn't either. I, I, I'm just trying not to do what my mama did and trying to figure some things out. And I remember when I had told you. I don't even just basically say that. I had made a commitment when Tisha go to school to preschool. I'm going back to college because I knew it was a goal that I always wanted. And I remember you watching me study and going to school and being supportive. And and you like this one right here. She about to drive me crazy.
1: I told a friend of mine. I said, you know, me and Husha shared the first part of her degrees because, heck, I was the one that was answering the questions, and then she was running the questions on that I had to participate, whether I wanted to or not. I
0: appreciate, I, I appreciate you for being there because I had made up in my mind when Tisha goes to preschool, I'm going back to school, and that's exactly what I did. And you notice, I never gave up.
1: I just did not give up. So, that part of our relationship, I felt we was a lot similar, even though we went in different directions, that once we finally decided on doing something, it was very hard to deter us from accomplishing that goal. Most of my actions were off either uh, scars from my childhood or most of the things from my childhood, either I, I want to impr- keep this in, uh, impression from people that I respect or either I don't want to make the mistakes that was made from my childhood or whatnot. So I, I think I was more driven by trying to correct problems that happened in my life more than trying to secure better problems going forward. I think it's more looking backwards than I did preparing for the future. That was my I, – I would think if I had time to go back and do it again, that's what I would do. I would learn from those mistakes but not dwell on them. I would try and prepare for upcoming mistakes better.
0: Well, but the thing is, we were done. We didn't know no better. We was in our 20s. That's- we
1: didn't know the
0: better. <laughs> we didn't know no yeah. better. And and childhood trauma was something that you really didn't even talk about because we were moving over trauma. We thought, hey, it is what it is. We didn't know. And so when you start talking about anticipated transition, now that we are where we are in life, we have the ability to try to help other individuals along the way, whether they want to listen or not. And that's where resources become very important because we didn't know. We we didn't know. I didn't even learn anything about childhood trauma until even as a therapist. I remember doing a. The ACE exam and there's ten questions. Hell, I scored ten out—I mean, eight out of ten. I'm like, the only two I didn't apply to me was me being molested or someone in my home or being in prison. Everything else I had experience. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> really? That's what happened. So you know, we did we didn't know. The next transition is unanticipated transition. Now, some things we just kind of prepare ourselves for, you know, like we try to prepare ourselves for college. And, you know, Tisha like telling the story. I I, I didn't know. When my daughter went to college, I didn't know nothing about college. I didn't know nothing about sending my child to college. My daughter said, and I see you on there, cousin, you can call in, too. But Tisha said, when I, I went shopping, I didn't give her time to pick out nothing, but all I wanted to do was shop. Then she said I dropped her off and kept her. I gave her $100 to her. <laughs> Like, it bye later. And, you know, I don't know if it was anxiety. I don't know why I did what I did. And, you know, and then she's on here. She's on Facebook Live, where the Facebook was. Then she did better. I got to give her credit. Because when her son went to college, she was prepared. She, she did what she had to do. I didn't know what the hell to do. I really didn't. My
1: daughter said, I just
0: abandoned her. I just
1: dropped her off and said, a $100 to like, figure it out make it work? You know? But you <laughs> know, some kids, that's better. True. Because some of them can be overshadowed. I believe with my kids, a lot of times, me trying to protect them from the bad things instead of educating them about them, led them to go out to, you know, stuff you don't know about curiosity brings you to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now that is
1: true. And I feel keep the streets and bad elements away from my kids. I should have been trying to tell them, give them examples of these are bad elements that <laughs> you see what you should be avoiding. instead of mm-hmm. trying to not let you. Well, but when, when you get, get- older, you look back. Mm-hmm. The road's a lot shorter than when you traveled it. <laughs> That is true. Part of it
0: is we try to protect our children or whomever from certain things that in life you just can't protect them from. Now, the unanticipated transitions or a second type of transition is the unanticipated transition. This type of transition involves events that are not expected and do not follow any particular time frame in an adult's life. You know, and some of these examples are becoming ill. You know, when you marry young, and see, you was married to me when I found out I had, or they really gave me the diagnosis of lupus. And we didn't know what to do with that. And I remember you wanted another child. And I was like, I can't have no more. I don't want no more kids. And I had a T-shirt. So that was an unanticipated transition that we didn't even know was an unanticipated transition. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, I, that would be true.
0: <laughs> we don't know. We that unanticipated. Like I'm healthy. I'm good And now you're me I got lupus. What What is that? What, what is that supposed to do? You know. So another thing is having a car accident, getting arrested. Someone of those things. You know, I'm losing a job, getting out of the military. When you told me you was really getting out of the military and leaving Oceanside, you know I didn't believe you.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you a, about so that.
0: <laughs> what?
1: I was only supposed to be gone six months, and I was coming back in the military. And my hookup, I don't know what happened, but the guy that was giving me the – that was going to help me come right back in, about four months out, something happened to him I never heard from him again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And everything we had hooked up, I was coming – I was going to come back. He he, he was – um back a recruiter. So he was going to do my paperwork and bring me right back in and I was going to be, I was going to get back to Pendleton without being in an applying unit. And yeah. something happened in between that. I lost contact with him and couldn't do it that way. And I was like, man, if I go back in now, they want to send me somewhere else. I'm like, I'm going to want to be either on the West Coast or either here. And, then, oh, and after that, Christine got pregnant with Nick and then I said, well, forget it. I used to be trying to go somewhere, and I have kids here and there. I ain't going to be able to concentrate nowhere. Mm-hmm. But my intention was to get out for six months and go right back in, because the unit I was in, I had to get out. If I stayed in, I could have stayed in. It have been a reprimand, so I wouldn't have never got promoted. It would have been like dodging my duty. Anytime you're in a deployed unit, and right before you deploy, you get hurt or whatnot, if it's not – uh, Where you incapacitated com- completely, mm-hmm. it, it becomes a, uh, a reprimand against you, and whatnot. But mm-hmm. so long for that. Yeah, I yeah. Did, my I intention really, was, was to stay in the military. I
0: did not. And you know, it's crazy because you and I never had this conversation until like right now.
1: <laughs>
0: yep. I apologize for putting you on the spot, but I didn't know Christine was pregnant that soon either. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't think you were going to leave. I really didn't.
1: And I know you might thought this temple right here is mean, heartless, and cruel. I <laughs> was your her. I really didn't. And, um, and I was so, saying like, the same
0: things about
1: you. <laughs> she doesn't even care. She just happy to get rid of me. I know. You don't, don't even know what I'm going through. Oh, well, okay. man.
0: At least we made peace with this, what, 37 years later? Because <laughs> I never told you that. But I was like, and I was, I was like, okay, what? I seemed like I was just so cold, so cool. I didn't believe he would leave I really didn't. So, and then I was thinking, like, okay, how am I going to handle this? What am I going to I, I had to figure it out. I really had to figure it out, but I did not think he would leave it. So, like I said, anticipated transition and then we have the non-event transition. Now the non-event transition they indicate are those that we expect to occur, but they don't occur. You know, it's like being a parent and you are afraid you don't want these things to happen to your kid. You tell your kids all these things, but these things don't happen. Those are what you call the non event transition. Sometimes as a parent we kind of worry too much and then they have what's called a sleeper transition. Now a final type and the sleeper transition occurs gradually and the individual may not be aware of the progression. This might involve becoming more competent in skills needed to complete an academic program or a new job meaning that you wasn't really prepared for this. I had to transition a lot in my life for a lot of different things. You know, I never thought that I would be doing radio. I never thought that I would be owning a business. I never thought I didn't see this in my future. But those would be what you call a sleeper transition because I had to transition into these roles. Even with covid COVID brought a life transition for a lot of individuals because it changed how they view things. I was at my cousin cousin's birthday party, and even just being around people was a transition because we hadn't been around people in like two years, a year and a half or so. So things were kind of different, you know. So what are some of the things or questions whatever you may have in regards to life transitions now, handling these things?
1: Um, for me, I would say the mental aspect of life and mental mental period because the the way people are the way our men, mentally outcast people are treated treated now is really a disgrace, mm-hmm. and we have no no answer to help these people, uh-huh. and some some of these people are not you know. My daughter was drugged and, and became bipolar or whatnot. So I'm thinking, even though they tell me, well, it was something underlying before that or whatnot, before she got drugged or this or that. I'm thinking, that may be, but before she got this drug problem, got drugged and got imbalanced, she was dealing with the problem that was in her life. Uh-huh. And so people have so many views, of how mental patients should be treated or whatnot. We just don't have, that that was one thing, as you could say, an un, unanticipated uh, problem, mm-hmm. the mental, mental aspect of it. That was unanticipated for me, not even imagining that someone in my family could that could happen to or have to deal with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, the part of that is resources, and each state is different when it comes to providing resources, whether it's for children, whether it's for seniors, whether it's for young adults, even the mentally, chronically, and have mental health issues. Even as a therapist, I receive so many calls from parents trying to get their kids help for depression anxiety, and sometimes because I have experience with knowing symptoms of schizophrenia that I had to learn from in my own family or somatic depressive disorders, I can see some of that in children at a very young age, and sometimes kids they don't they're not on the on the uh, radar. And now parents are not only dealing with the um, they have what's called pervasive developmental disorders, but you have kids that are people that are having kids that are autistic. That is something that they was not expecting, and depending on where they're at on uh, whether they have an an aspirant. It's like senior parents that need some the resources. They need some help. They need they like you say, you have questions. You wanna know, is it was it a drug induced psychosis? Was it something that, you know, because her mother may have had some mental health issues, always knew something was wrong with her mother. But back then we didn't know what you was. So, we, we really did I did I really did. <laughs> like, uh, and I'll never forget when my auntie looked at her one day and said, my auntie looked at her and told me, Jeanette, you on your own. My auntie walked off and left me. <laughs> my auntie would never leave me like that. She's <laughs> like, I ain't with that woman. So, but the thing is, we didn't, we didn't have as much information as we do now, but we still are lacking in resources. We really are, especially when it comes to camp. You know, in California, they have what's called a regional center. So a an adult, a dependent adult, can receive services from the regional center to where they can teach them life skills, they can go to classes, they can teach them how to live independently. But well, some individuals don't want the help. So I don't know what they have in Mississippi. That much I don't know. And at one point, I was thinking about coming to Mississippi. No, I don't think I'm coming to Mississippi now because I ain't. But that's another story. But sometimes they, they want individuals to be disenfranchised and not have the resources. So it, it, it's one of those those catch 22s
1: I believe that. Now, do you guys have? Two.
0: Do you guys
1: have places that social workers that help provide resources? Because like I said, each state is different. <laughs> to, be, to, to be honest with you, most of the times when I've had a problem, I've dealt with the medical field and tried to deal with the problem on my own, so I've never actually, other than now, with my daughter, they had sent her to a place, and I sought them for help, but after looking at how how the place was, I'm like, it's like the crazy keeping the crazy in this institution here. <laughs> but, but sometimes the help you don't want the help because they they seem crazier than than the person that needs the help. Well, that's true. Well, I said one day, My daughter was having one of her fallouts or whatever. Uh, what you call it, a bipolar breakdown.
0: Mm-hmm. A so
1: pleasure. the nurse. So the nurse. Was telling her to go a certain way, and another on the show. But mm-hmm. so that pursued with argument. My daughter, don't push me. Just tell me I'm not an animal. This and that. So anyway, the argument kept pursued till my daughter put her finger in the woman's faith. So oh they know this is a person unstable. But their mm-hmm. first thing was, ma'am, you're you'd be barred off the property. You cannot talk to our staff that way. I'm mm-hmm. not. Um, like shouldn't yourself be to downgrade a argument or something like that instead of your best answer is I'm going to call the police locked, you to lock your happy self up instead of well, trying to get you it, some help?
0: Part of it, it becomes, and, and I said manic depressive, so I kind of misspoke, is people have what's called a manic episode. You have your highs, your lows, bipolar 1, bipolar 2. But what happened is they pick and choose the clients that they want to work with. So they try to find clients that's going to be more manageable because that facility may not have been able to manage her level of care. And when an individual that go in and being a combative, you don't want to see them holding her down, tranquilizing her, because technically she's not one of their patients at the time. So there should be a protocol in regards to how they would handle those type of situations. Like I said, I, I'm getting older now, Dee. I can't be going, making all these policies and rules. And, you know, I, I don't mind helping individuals if they say, you know, this is what I want to do. I don't mind helping them do it because I have the know-how of how to do these things. I just can't be hands-on doing so much of that work now myself. And I know Joanne puts up something about you're not going to Mississippi, laugh out loud. Nah, <laughs> If I could just go and help open up and do other things out, you know. It's like I was watching the news the other day. They were talking about Mexico, and some of the politicians in Mexico was killed. I'm like, killing politicians in Mexico? Sometimes people don't want these things in their communities, in their neighborhoods, and for the selective few. So getting back to what we're talking about in regards to life transition, yeah, see, that could be definitely a problem, especially if you're the one that's going to have to be the caregiver for your daughter, and these things are happening. So I want to share with the listeners six ways to manage and thrive through transition and change. Because, you know, the part of it is we always talk about a problem or how do we get to a solution? How do we resolve it? What's in the best interest of this situation? Is it a problem or is it a chance of a lifetime? You know, how are we looking at these things? Because it's all going to implement some type of change because I'm quite sure that wasn't something you was expecting. Now, again, transition, back to school, new job, wedding, birth, relocation, unemployment, divorce, health crisis, death, change is inevitable. We all are going to go through something. But how we deal with them either strengthens us or it reduces our ability to have happy, successful, and healthy lives. Like I said, part of my defense mechanism, because it was my defense mechanism, I had to stand off and like I don't care, and it wasn't that I didn't care. It's just that I didn't know what to do. And in some cases when you don't know what to do, you just don't do nothing and you hope it just go away. You know, my mother had to think she'd just go to the bathroom. I'd be like, Why are you always in the bathroom? <laughs> she would just brush to the bathroom. Her stomach would get messed up. I just like either I wanna eat or I'll laugh or I'll you know, but it wasn't that. But having we talk about I'm gonna share some information with individuals in regards to how to help get through some of these life changing, challenging transitions is first you have to acknowledge it. Don't run from it. Don't put your head in the sand and just do nothing. Recognizing that something is happening, something is starting, something is ending, because recognizing the conclusion helps individuals prepare for what's going on. You're coming up with some type of plan. Because when this was happening with your daughter, you called me and I was sharing some things with you. But like I said, we're in two different states. So I don't know what's available in Mississippi. I just know what happens in California. But you don't want to pretend like nothing is going on because it's not going to get you anywhere. So wrong would, would acknowledge it because some people deny it. Some people say that ain't nothing going on with my child. And that, that, you know, I remember talking to family members, and I may share the, some of the things that I'm seeing. They may get offended by it, or they don't want to know. Or when you see someone that's having suicidal ideations or, you know, they're using drugs, or, my baby wouldn't use no drugs, my child wouldn't. I'm like, uh, you know, your baby's dying, the pupils are dilated, okay? <laughs> What's going on here? They don't, and sometimes you don't want to really, it's like they have a hard time accepting it, but you have to acknowledge it. Uh, another thing is honor the transition. I was listening to T.D. Jakes, and he was talking about no weapons formed against Michelle Prosper. doesn't mean that the weapons will not be formed. So we have to honor the transition and make sure we know what we're dealing with, what we're going through. And sometimes we've got to learn how to trust God. What did you learn, or what have you learned from honoring the transition? That's an interesting
1: aspect. but
0: I never thought about it from that point of view. Okay.
1: You
0: know stayed at that's
1: home why I that's why I what i I guess that's why you went to class and I stayed at home
0: <laughs> because honoring the transitions me meaning basically it can be a challenge, but it gives us time to process things. It gives us time to either celebrate, it gives us time to grieve, it gives us time to become aware. We're gonna honor it. I wanna take some time because like I said, you went through it with your daughter, I went through it with my son. I didn't know I knew something was kinda of like, okay, what's going on here but his was a little different but I was I had more I had more wisdom. I had more and I'll never forget one time I was talking to him. And he he made it seem like I was the one that was crazy, you know. I'm the one, and it's not about being crazy. That dad was trying to have that was not going well. So even to this day, even a young adult, we bump heads sometimes. I'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna leave this alone. So again, honor the transition, meaning you um you you know that it's existing, but you try to make the best of it. Also, look for and give thanks for the lessons
1: that you learned. What did you learn from this D? Yes, I, I, one thing that I mostly learned from this was patience. Yeah. Because before, I think that you had a problem, you assessed the problem, you answered the problem, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Dealing with mentality issues is not that clear cut. It could mm-hmm. be some good days, then it could be some hellacious low days. So patience and understanding of trying to understand what you're trying to achieve correct is one of those things that you definitely need going. Because if you don't see the end of the road, it's a lonely path.
0: You know, it's interesting that you, you said that um, when you were speaking, I was thinking of, I was on Facebook and all this other stuff, and they were showing Ray Caruth's son, the one that um, was – the baby survived, the mother died, and the child was graduating. I don't know if it was high school or college, but he was graduating, and the grandmother was like right there. And that had to be a challenge for her to have to raise the child, mother deceased, father just got out of prison. It was a serious life transition he went through. And even if he was speaking and was trying to speak, he had on his cap and gown, meaning life was not over for him. So sometimes we have children that have disabilities. We may have a disability. We may be going through things in life, but that doesn't mean that our life is over. It really don't. It's how we process it and how we work with what we got. Another thing is I was, just, I
1: was just making that same statement to someone. Uh we was talking about uh prostate cancer and whatnot. And I'm like okay. You can't let the disease gets you down and make you become a hermit and just stay at home. Uh-huh. You get you gotta continue to fight and live your life and enjoy your life whatever you have left to enjoy. It. Because uh-huh. I I refuse to sit here depressed and lonely about my life is ending instead of enjoying what part I have in front of me.
0: Huh.
1: Uh, you, know feel, you know
0: what? that is true. That is so true. But do you know that there's a lot of young adults that are afraid to live because they're so focused on death? They're so focused true. on, like, I'm scared, I'm scared to die. Okay, we're born, we all will die one day. You know, I'm I'm looking at at the news, people living in their 80s, and I'm thinking, ooh, I'm in my 50s. Does that mean I only got like 30-something years left? What am I going to do with the 30-something years? You know, I'm noticing now I'm getting more rest. I'm taking care of myself. Sometimes I'm not moving as fast. My body be hurting hell. I had a dream last night. I had a fight with somebody and I couldn't ball up my fist. So, <laughs> man, like I fell and I didn't. You know, and it was, it was crazy because I knew I was watching boxing. I was watching that that Floyd Mayweather thing. And there's something about when you put that stuff in your head, you take that stuff to sleep with you. You start having them dreams. So here I'm having a dream that I'm and come to fighting with somebody, and I'm like, really, Jeanette, really? You know you can't ball your fist up no more like you used to. So some of these things are just some of the life transitions that we go through, like you said, um, colon cancer, breast cancer, arthritis, you know, um, um, dementia. It's, it's a lot of different things that we're going through, even aging. I look at some of the women my age, and I mean, look at our teeth, dental I'm like, well, I gotta get my teeth fixed. I ain't never wore braces in my life. Now I get to be 50, and I got to do with. Really? You know, I was listening to somebody talking about. Well, they knew I didn't have my teeth in my mouth. I'm like, ooh, it's gonna really get to that.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> get mine all taken out. I'm like, I don't want to have to deal with diabetes and bone loss and this and that. But my version, oh, uh, then every time I go to the dentist, try. I to me and started me with the No, keep your secrets, Holmes. As long as you can keep them, keep them. Fight diabetes, just fight it. I'm not. I'm not.
0: Wait a minute, my bottom teeth red like fingers. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> what people don't yeah, know, but I'm, like, I'm
1: too old to so start looking, looking like a
0: gentleman. <laughs> I've got gaps all in my team. I'm like, where the hell them gaps come from? I ain't never had some gaps in my mouth. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> things are happening. And that's a transition. Another thing is explore new possibilities. When you're talking about life transitions, you want to explore new possibilities by list the dreams of fresh opportunities that these things can can occur. And especially if the changes was unplanned, unexpected, give yourself time before jumping into the next thing. Any questions about exploring the new possibilities?
1: I'm trying to. Uh, let me think. I'll kind of cut back with me. My new possibility, i gonna give you an example. When I'm faced with problems of just that, I kind of revert back into a shell to protect myself and mm-hmm. keep everybody away. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm wanting to communicate, but I don't want to relinquish any signs of weakness. So damn if I do, damn if I don't, I'm fight myself either way. Yeah, and I find right. that a lot of times when I have those type problems, I run back to safe times, a person I used to have a good time with or strong relationship with, just like calling you or talking with you or whatnot. And I will go to safe, those would be my safe haven, people that I was good friends with or whatnot, so I either, I'll figure out how to work that problem out, either I'll find someone that I'm comfortable with to get their opinion
0: on it. Gotcha. But you know what, Dee, Nancy, now you've to I'm, not, I'm trying to do therapy with you. I'm not, but I'm going to take you somewhere. Part of that comes with how we see it because, see, you have mothers that dealt with depression and experiencing that and living that and listening to her cry sometimes and the stuff she went through, you didn't want to go through that. And because of that, it becomes one of those battles, those challenges, and this is how we view things. I dealt with a mother who was an alcoholic and had depression, but we didn't know she was depressed, because we just saw the aggressiveness part of her, but we didn't see the other side. So I battled with that. So I didn't like the alcohol part, and you deal with, I don't like the depressed part. And then when we start feeling these things, we don't know what to do, and we slip back into bad habits because that's all we know. So part of this life transition is being able to transition yourself out of it, but acknowledge it when you see it. It's okay to have some moments where you just think, you know what? I need a break. I don't want to talk to nobody right now. I'm about to shut some stuff down. But don't stay there. See, depression scares you. Yep. Hey, you didn't even know I knew that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah, did. Yeah. say <laughs> So, well, you know what? And like I said, uh, I appreciate you calling the show. I really do. You kind of helped made it fun and interesting and entertaining. As we talked about these life transitions, and, you know, the thing is just never give up. And I know people probably listening like, oh, they was really married, yeah, you know. But that's part of life transition, and we still give up on it, we still communicate, and we still talk to one another. So sometimes individuals go through certain things. And I want to talk about tomorrow is Tuesday is when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch. I want to talk about bitterness. Because a lot of individuals are holding on to this bitterness, this poison, you know, and they feel like the whole world is against them. And sometimes we got to learn how to release some of that stuff so we can live, so we can transition ourselves out of certain situations. Because some of these situations, we put ourselves into, and we expect other people to get it out of. So that's a whole nother way of looking at it. And the individuals become bitter resentful and angry and right now is not the time because especially when you start talking about colon cancer and diabetes and all these health related issues some of this stuff comes from stuff that we're holding on to so there are resources out there if you don't like what a person has said go talk to somebody else But go talk to somebody you know when I get these phone calls from individuals trying to put their kids in therapy I don't judge them but some of this stuff is parenting issues that they can work on within their own home, but they don't have the those resources, the skills, or the tools. So we got to go back to the drawing board and be more open-minded and learn how to work on something. Okay? So, again, yeah, thank you for here and participation. Anything else you want the listeners to know or hear before we end the show? Um,
1: Put your faith in the creator and if you seek wisdom truly with your heart, he will bless you with wisdom.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you. That's true.
0: All right, and until tomorrow, remember, you got this. Thank you again for joining me here at Precious Redicuments Love Talk Radio. If you have any topics that you would like for me to discuss, contact me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I'm very open-minded. Don't say I know everything, but I learn as I also do these shows. So, again, thank you for joining me. Bye-bye. Be blessed.